0: Go Loud presents the Lennon-Courtney podcast.
1: Who are you? I'm Sonia Lennon, of course. Who are you? Why, I'm just a boy with a dream and my name is Brendan Courtney. Welcome to the Lennon-Courtney podcast archive collection. The new series of the podcast starts very soon and we know you're probably tying yourself in knots with excitement. So to tide you over, we've pulled one or two of our favourite episodes from the last series. The Thinking Woman's Guide to Fatal Fallouts to keep you going.
0: In this episode, we ask why some friendships endure and why some uh -uh,
1: don't. Listen, we will see you very soon for Series 9. In the meantime, enjoy this episode, which we're about to play right now. Very important to just start today's chat with. After this record, we're going to graduate with our master's degree. We get our cap and our gown and take lots of selfies. The internet is in for a big treat today.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. It is the week of completions after <laughs> all. Yeah, I, I kind of... So we should say that there is a there is a 60% attrition rate on our course.
1: So we... That we just, that's not me feeding them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so So to get to the the final hurdle and to get our scroll today is is uh, not that we want to be revelling in other people's...
1: Well, no, no, no. Let me give the figures. 15 people started the course. Six are graduating today. And that's because people deferred. They have busy lives. Not, nothing to do with external, I can see, circumstances. And there was a point where I thought I couldn't get it over the line, to be honest, because it's very difficult. But it really does show you, like I was saying to Sonia on the way in, if you'd have told me at the start... The two of us would be one of the six that will graduate and of the fi- of the 15, of the nine that fall out, I would have put myself in the nine.
0: Isn't that interesting, though? You wouldn't have even considered. I nine. wouldn't have thought about that.
1: Yeah, no. Well, the Orpel, I was talking about this yesterday, the recognition of prior learning, which is so somebody was cutting my hair yesterday and he said, what's your undergrad? Said, but you, you just cut me hair and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. I don't have an undergrad. I said well I kind of did accountancy and then a bit of fashion and so very, t- you know, it's not it's not academic at all. Oh, and how did you get on to a master's and I explained recognition of prior learning and that's where you had we did this really long winded application and it really did set us up for the level of the the type of work we were getting into, didn't it?
0: It was a very particular type of work that involved a lot of rigor and neither of us excel on rigor, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it made us focus, it made us drill down. Um, it gave me a grounding for how many times I was going to have to talk you off the ledge during the course. Because so In the
1: application process, I freaked out. I can't do this! This is too fucking hard! This is hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, well, I have to say, if you haven't got an undergrad, if you haven't got an original degree and you don't really understand the world, the Orpel will really give you a clear indication of what yeah. you need to do in order to graduate. So, so I do think that gave us biceps we didn't have. Yeah, before we started, it was
0: a baptism of fire to to give us a sense of what we were in
1: for. Yeah, so I think we it prepared us really yeah, well, didn't it? It did. So thank you, IADT. <laughs> and my supervisor Sharon has to be said Sharon McGreevy, who's a gorgeous woman who who I requested as my supervisor because I really <coughs> like her, uh, is graduating with her doctorate today, so Amazing. she can't make our ceremony. Oh. So we're just all so bright.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so fatal fallouts. Why did you want to talk about this? Do you know this week? the reason that this came? Sort of a,
1: can I just say? Yeah. It's a it is a brilliant title, right? Yeah. I was a bit I was worried that it was a bit too clever, but I I road tested it on a couple yeah. of people, uh, female actually. Oh no, one male as well, and they completely got what I was talking yeah. about. So explain what fatal fall okay,
0: is. Okay, so so this started with um, it started actually with a post that I put up on Instagram of myself and my darling sister Ashling, and it was a bit of a love story to her and how amazing she is, and. Uh, a lovely woman who we both know um contacted me uh by dm and said uh, i'm actually bawling crying um I, i'm so happy for you that you have such a relationship with your sister i had a brutal falling out with my siblings and it it, it lives with me every day um and it seems irreconcilable and I wonder would you do an episode of your podcast about uh, siblings falling out and I thought you know you are lovely lady yeah you certainly do and you are the loveliest of all lovelies Um, and and I thought well actually you know I certainly know in my family history there was fallings out not irreconcilable um, but over over a will um, and that's the most common one I think people you know where there's, there's money there's high motivation um, but I think we've all thinking about it we've all experienced fatal fallouts in our lives people who you know there's been some explosive dramatic event and that's been it so, and never again So
1: I was thinking about this and I said to you as we were prepping this episode I've never and I lied I have I have a great one but continue it involves Kylie Minogue <laughs> <laughs> Not that Kylie mm-hmm, shouldn't mm-hmm. write back to me to her solicitors now.
0: <laughs> but and, and it's funny because we, you know, we were thinking about this and we were talking about this. And I think uh, it's very much a time of life thing, those kind of big dram- dramatic bust ups. Um, and it's something that I certainly associate with my 20s that, you know, for, first of all, I, I found myself in a couple of relationships that were friendships that were really hot and heavy and and were too much to sustain. Um, And it is that kind of uh, the sustainability piece of your relationships. What level are you running at? Um, How how enduring is it? Has it got the foundations to continue or is it a supernova that's going to crash and burn?
1: There's a couple of angles on, on this right um, and while you're talking I'm thinking of relationships that are just mm-hmm. popping up so everybody has it. you're right fatal fallouts. One very recent one I have where exactly I met this person and we clicked instantly, laughed a lot, it got really intense really intense really quickly and I had to cut it off. I
0: know, you're yeah, talking uh, about... Yeah, I had
1: to just go, That's I don't like this. It's I was very uncomfortable with the intensity of it because I have the maturity to go, this is not sustainable. I don't exactly. know what, what's this about even. And I'm not a therapist. I can't fix you. I don't want to fix... You know, uh, where your family get a whole card for a lot of that stuff, right? You'll, you'll put up a lot with your family because you, there's a loyalty, right? And there's a loyalty with old friends as well. But... Esther sent over uh, the, you know some notes before this and what I, I was kind of thinking about this as well there definitely has been a clear out post-Covid for me mid post-Covid in that you got to sit on your own you got to assess which relationship which relationship <coughs> uh, you know me, go meeting someone for a two metre walk along the well
0: if of, you know. only have a limited <laughs> amount of <laughs> if you only have a limited amount of contacts you better choose them pretty You're carefully going
1: down but I do think in your 20s I actually listened to a podcast that, that somebody sent me Alex sent me it's an English girls podcast and she's she's in her 20s and she's saying she has a whole episode about it's okay not to have hundreds of friends mm. because in your 20s you feel like you have to be
0: Well you're defined by volume as opposed to are quality
1: you? Yeah you are Are you? And then you have this stupid thing where you call them your urban family it was a that was an ex of mine in London. Called all his friends over. So like, you're not your urban family. Shut up. But <laughs> and you know who you are. And I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the 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 notion that you, and you did. I remember being in my twenties and going, God, loads of friends. And sort of counting them. Do you remember?
0: And, ha- and and it was always how many people would show up to one of your parties. You know, and you wanted the place to which be is yeah. rammed,
1: which is yeah. normal, right? Yeah. But then you kind well, of. Well, it's
0: normal if you're. Uh, a, a, a sociopath. <laughs> it's normal if you're a highly social extrovert. Yeah. Right? So so it's normal from our perspective.
1: So I very quickly had my inner tier in my head. Like there was me plus six or five um, who are my inner tier, constantly hung out with all, basically, constantly hung out with all the time, went on holiday with. And then there was a wider group. And then there was a wider, wider group, right? Um, and the wider, wider group would get invited to your twenty first mm. or your thirtieth, you know, so you fill the room with them. <laughs> but you'd have your inner circle, and then is this, is this an odd observation? But that inner circle, generally, the ones that last the test of time, is that true?
0: Well, they should do. Yeah, they should do because what I've found about friendships that have endured beyond. Um, kind of constant contact, if you like, those, those friendships that um, you can pick up again.
1: Well, I, uh, you're right. we were talking about this as <coughs> well, where you, you're sitting with a friend you haven't seen in two years and, you, and one of you comments, oh my God, it's just like I saw you last week. And that's, I always think that's a real testament to you're still connected. You still have the same values. You still have the same sense of humour. You still have the same grow for each other. Mm. And I think that's a good little, because also you also don't have an expectation of each other. If you don't see each other for a couple of years, it's not the end of the world.
0: You mentioned um, the, the pandemic in, in terms of relationships. Esther. you might give us a few factoids. I will indeed. The new research from Google and YouGov shows that 40%, 46% of UK adults want to put an end to negative or non-useful friendships and nearly half of people, 42%, are looking to set more boundaries in how they spend their time. There's also a term, pruning, is a term that some sociologists use to talk about our social lives since the start of the pandemic. Again, people have been pruning friends. Like you said, Brendan, just kind of looking at... The garden of friendship and going, who do I stay close? Who do I keep? Or whose head do I chop off? So
1: I, I have a great phrase that my Alex has mentioned a lot, but Alex gave me once. It was when we were making the documentary with Boy George and uh Alex commented, uh, he's used up all his credits because he's N.A. now and he doesn't drink and he doesn't go, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I I said, like, what do you mean he's used up all his credits? He said, well, he's, he's partied so hard. He's used all his credits. And I was like, oh, that's kind of good. One. And I took that and that using all your credits and, and thought, I'm not going to invest my time with somebody for free <laughs> if it's going to take credit, you know, if it's going to take if it's going to take mm. energy and exhaust me and there's nothing in it for me, I'm not going to do it. So I can value it and, and if I'm invited to something, like I've had the maddest invites, you know, because of the jobs we do, right? And I'm like but why would I go to your niece's holy communion? No, mm. you know, I don't even know you. So I, I've got a good little Tick box thing that I do. A decision making matrix. But also, w- we're in the weird position that yeah, th- that uh, like organising my birthday felt like a gig, felt like work, and then I stopped it. Remember? Because yeah. I was like, this feels like a wedding or something, and I'm, and and a wedding would feel like work because that's what we do. We organise mm-hmm. things, we make things happen, blah blah blah. So I like simple, simple. So for example tonight when we graduate I'm going to have a very simple little dinner in a Greek restaurant I don't want anything fancy That's, mm. that, that, whereas I know normal people not freaks like me will go and really spend money and have a really nice fancy dinner and, and enjoy it and probably have a group of people where I just want it really simple because funny
0: I'm going very simple as well but let let me go back um, and we talk about um, the credits and the return on investment of friendships and relationships (laughs) and you know my phrase is I just added in
1: a new column to me matrix Um, my, What's the ROI on this? <laughs> <laughs>
0: my my term is that people are either hoovers or radiators. You know, oh, go on go and on. and so people either draw the energy out of you um, and take, or or they radiate back. And I was listening to a podcast. Oh, that American girl Emma Chamberlain, who uh, my daughter Evie used to used to like a lot. But anyway, so, somebody put me onto this um, podcast, and she was talking about. I she's only in her 20s but she was identifying positive friendships by um ascertaining the joy that could be delivered through your success to the other person. So if somebody's happy for your success, mm. that means that they have no uh, egoic sort of perspective out. on on you. Yeah. So so and for me, if you if you want to kind of distill it into one tiny nub, who are the people in your life who are really happy for your success? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're the people who love you for who you are and what you do or what you don't do. Mm-hmm. You know, and don't feel the need to 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 compete win, or, win or compete. Yeah. So it's competitiveness and, and joy for your success. The, those are the two things to kind of look at, I think.
1: Uh, here's a, here's a, a curveball and probably get me into loads of trouble, but I don't care. Uh, in same sex relationships is a natural competition because we're both men and, and that's just bread. I don't believe that's nature. I believe that's nurture. We've had the conversation before. So we shop because we're similar size. We shop elbow to elbow. Get out of my way, because we fit the same thing. And if I see something and Adam wants it, there's a kind of a dash for it. So there's a kind of a... No, but that's with every partner I've ever had of the same size as me, because we would have similar taste, right? So it's not the healthiest thing in the world, but you have to manage it. You have to go, right, OK, this, I see this competition thing happening and fundamentally, we, we are happy for each other's success, and we mutually benefit from each other's sex, success. But sex yeah. mm-hmm. sex—but um, <laughs> uh, there's an inherent competitiveness that has always been there in same-sex relationships. Not, not, uh, uh, honestly, I can honestly say not for me because I'm always the winner. <laughs> I'm only joking. But th- I've always felt that with partners, and I wonder if that's the relationships I'm choosing. Um, there's a there's an underlying, not un- unhealthy not damaging Mm. but there's a competitiveness
0: It's funny because I'm I'm just uh, I'm thinking about one one of the reasons that I love That's why
1: I will die alone
0: (laughs) (laughs) One of the reasons that I actually love Dave is that he if I was out dancing and flirting and being flirted with or whatever at any point in our relationship he'd kind of enjoy that that there's a sort of a, a sense of a sense of joy, even in my joy, yeah, you know, knowing obviously that I'm coming home with him, but uh,
1: you know, that's slightly a different thing though, because that's a confidence in the relationship as well, and that's important, right? Yeah, and that allows, uh, and it's it's a, it's it's not it's rare, and I love that as well, because actually, if people flirt with Adam, I really enjoy that, it, it, it doesn't threaten me at all, yeah. Um, whereas people flirt with me, I give them my number, <laughs> 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 yeah, so I, I think you're relationship is is clearly founded on trust and that's, that's that, right? But anyway, I, what I love about it, because we're going off into tangents about... But
0: you could talk about this forever, right? right?
1: But I, what I want to talk about really is, and, and for our listeners as well, is when you mention this topic, it's not something we think about because actually when you cut someone out you actually cut them out like right? and, and we both agree you, you, you can actually manage to stop thinking about them mm. and the one person I cut out which I did regret was a friend of mine Um, I won't say his name actually and I lived in London and he was going out with my housemate Uh, he was straight and um, he actually passed away a couple of weeks ago would you believe so I don't feel so bad telling the story but he was a terrible man for borrowing money and the borrowing money I don't know what he was doing with the money anyway whatever this one particular time this this is a funny story and I really loved him but I had to I had to end the relationship when um, coyote uglies, tap dancing, gorgeous looking. Adam Garcia knocked on my front door and this person had sold my bike to Adam Garcia because he was in a show with them in the West End and he needed money. And Adam, I was like, <laughs> hello, Adam Garcia. at my front door, he said, hi, yeah, uh, such and such sent me around. I, get, I paid him the money for the blue. Oh, there it is, the blue mountain bike. I was like, that's that's, that's my bike. And he said, well, I've just bought it off Yoki Mabob. And I said, oh, OK, here's the bike. Uh, gave him the bike. You okay.
0: gave him the bike? Well, it
1: was Adam Garcia. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and, uh,
0: uh,
1: Wayne, I think, who we talk about all the time, my good friend now, but my boyfriend at the time, Wayne was like eating dinner. He was like, was that? I said, "That was Adam Garcia." He said, "Why didn't you bring him in?" I said, "He just wanted my bike." <laughs> but uh, when I sat down, started eating my kale and corn or whatever. I was like I think I have to end that relationship. He was just he's just sold my bike. That's hilarious. Somebody. Yeah. So, and I did. I ended it that night and I stopped taking his calls and when we bumped into each other it was all very friendly, but I just thought this is toxic and unhealthy for me and I can't help this person. So, I, I did. I consciously put the gates down then. Yeah. But you- I still loved him, you know.
0: Yeah, no no, I've I've had a couple of them. I mean, I remember one one person uh who I lived with and um, I had been gifted these amazing um, this amazing lingerie set which, and the, the, the knickers were like French lace up almost to the bra and they were just incredible and uh, I said to well, her you know have you seen I can't find those knickers from that set anywhere." no and I was like really? <laughs> really? and then one day I saw the lace peeping up over her tracksuit bottom I was like no! So that was the end of that. That was uh, a very speedy uh, um, reversal out of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't you think though? You know, it's it's interesting. So we would have had like these explosive kind of moments, and now it's just a kind of a subtle moonwalk out of the room.
1: That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but so in the gay world which I go on about a lot, when it was a bit smaller, you tended to break up with somebody and see them a lot because it was only two bars in Dublin, right? Mm. So you kind of had to stay civil. Now, there was a few, obviously, absolute horrific breakups or there was the one guy who slept with my flatmate while I was asleep. You know, there's, there's some really not nice ones. And um, so you kind of are in the same circles. So it's very difficult to cut someone out and then look around the and they're there, and they're there, and it just gets awkward. Eventually, you have to it because everybody can feel that you're not talking to each other, and it's like and there's
0: nothing worse than that um, that eye movement yeah. that that is to look at everything except but it's you. it's like schoolyard. Yeah, it's right? awful. So, so
1: you can't not not do it, right? So um, that's probably a little bit of the reason why it's difficult to cut people out. But what what I think what the brethren do is we just we walk slowly away, mm-hmm. but we stay very civil. Yeah.
0: Yeah. and we and what for the I good call, of
1: all so in the the polite way to put it is you just lower your expectations of each other
0: well that's that's mm-hmm. really the nub of it isn't yeah. it um mm-hmm. a friend of mine uh, was going out with uh, her boyfriend for years and it was getting w- worse and worse and worse and more and more toxic and everybody was hurting and she had enough she said that's it it's over but they continued to live together and oh, she said actually it was fine it was completely fine um, because her, the expectations were gone, right? You mm. know, and so uh, your expectations of other people. Was there no
1: jealousies or weirdness? No, no wow.
0: nothing. It was completely fine. So I think we we do, and, and there is that piece as well. You know, we've talked about it before: the Carpman triangle, which is victim, persecutor, savior, um, and and we get into these relationships with our nearest and dearest, um, and so the the really close relationships that we have often we default to a fixing mode oh god yeah uh, i can, i can i can fix you uh-huh. or or you need to be fixed which is even worse um and 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 we only do that and we only do that in in the closest of close circles um with our partners with our children um uh, and it's so destructive. It's so destructive. And nobody ever wins because you move around this triangle. Sometimes you're the saviour. And when you're not the saviour, you're the persecutor because then that person is the victim. And then you become the victim because they're really angry with you for being the persecutor. And you go round and round and round. It's, it's wearing.
1: So like many of the episodes that we record, I always have this sort of vision in my head of someone in there four by four, driving through Kalani, dropping the kids off to the nannies and, and listening. And going, oh, yeah. And so I always feel when we, for me personally, when we strike up these thoughts and we start to delve into things like, you know, cutting people out of our lives, I always think we should offer a little bit of advice about how to do it, right? Yeah. Um, Now, I've done it organically. That's why I said I've never done it because I never consciously did it. I never sat down and said, Right, I need to get rid of that person unless you break up with somebody and then that's...
0: Three words, splinter, WhatsApp, group. (laughs)
1: What's splinter? Well, you just it's a breakaway
0: group that doesn't involve the person who's just been phased out.
1: Oh, a splinter WhatsApp group. Yeah, but then you, you put the wrong oh, thing in the wrong yeah. group. that is... Have you done that? Ah, unsend. Ah, too late. Delete for everyone. Shit, delete for me.
0: Thanks. Uh, <laughs> delete <laughs> for
1: me. It's no yeah, that's, that's the Today's t-shirt is on the front. It says delete for everyone on the back says delete for me. Delete for me. Is <laughs> that's
0: the world. brilliant. That's Blinter
1: WhatsApp groups. Oh, that's just so huddling behind the school shed, though. No, no, but I
0: think it's it's just I, for me. It's not about that you're you're talking about somebody else. It's actually that actually that's enough now. Mm, that's enough now. It's there's
1: there's so so uh, so the, we still have because we're still all of us on the in the world who have WhatsApp who have technology haven't figured out how to leave a group politely. right? There is no way. There is no. There way. There is no way. Is it? if you both. Are not moonwalking out of the room at the same time, there's a clinging thing happens. Oh. That happened to me. Did it. Where are you going? Where are you going? No, we're just going over here. <laughs> Let's go. Get back here. Like, and yeah. do
0: you think then you need words?
1: Uh, you just cut off and block. And that's awkward. That's harsh. And you block on all social media and, you block- and it's like breaking up with someone. It's like, oh, fucking, get, take, get the message. We're not mates. It's not working. I don't like you. You know, you're being mad.
0: So I, I have a number of different groups that so ebb I, and flow, don't well, they? Yeah, they do, you mm. know, and and I think there are certain groups that there is a natural um, gravitational pull towards them at certain times because of certain contexts. contexts. And so I would see that, um, like myself and my, my secondary school friends are, are are very tight at the moment and, and mm. talking to each other an awful lot because an awful lot is happening and, and you know, it really feels like we need to be there for each other more than it has previously and and it, that's kind of gorgeous that's a real pick up where you left off thing um not you know we we talk to each other but, but it it feels it feels tighter now which is really nice and then my sort of town friends who my party friends who are mo- so much more than my party friends um i see all the time and and then there's kind of my professional group as well who are you know equally amazing and 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 it's it's sort of it's almost like having a smorgasbord of different cuisines to pick
1: from. Yeah, but have you cut anyone out?
0: Yeah, I have. Mm. I have. I mean, I, 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 I certainly became aware of relationships that were that, that created no joy and no value for mm-hmm. me. And I'm pretty sure for the other person either. I, I don't think they wanted to be there as much as i didn't want to be there mm. and so that Klingon thing didn't happen because the the moonwalk was reciprocated yeah. and, and everybody was happy to say do you know what lads this isn't working yeah in it for me um so without words obviously um so yeah no no definitely and you sort of move away from people who 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 don't who aren't happy for you
1: yeah
0: that, i think that's what it boils down to and you want to be happy for them too
1: yeah and that, that's the kind of maturity thing as well when you understand that. That um, when I look back like 25 years ago when I, started, when I decided I wanted to be a TV presenter and all of a sudden I was a TV presenter and it was quite a leap from not knowing anybody to all of a sudden having my own format. And being, And I was so busy being happy for myself and, and ambitious. I didn't notice actually how jealous people were around me. And when I look back, I see it, particularly my contemporaries in television. They weren't nice to me. And also I was gay, so I had this little thing that kind of irritated them, especially the Liberals. And so it's so funny to look back at that. And then I can see it now in, in uh, other people around me as younger people come up, I can see they're not happy for them. And that's really interesting for me. That's a professional thing, that's a different thing. But, but it's
0: I'm, also personal.
1: No, yeah, and it really was. There, was. there was lots of roadblocks put in my way that I didn't even see. So I just jumped over them and went to another one. Yeah. You know what I mean? People go, nah him, he's too gay. Right? Okay, bye. I'll go over here. And off I went and did over here. So I didn't, I was never. it never phased me, which is kind of amazing when I but look you back. you probably
0: had a bit of a, uh, a force field around you that you just obviously didn't yeah. see it. You and know?
1: that was my inner circle of friends who we were all liberal, doing our thing, partying and having fun. And I'm still friends with nearly all of them mm. um, who f- most of them were happy for me. Some of them weren't that happy for me. Um, but they were... They were fundamentally happy for me, but they were wondering why it wasn't happening to them. I think that was, a, the, the, and they had to go.
0: And there is a there is a sort of a, a a philosophical piece around judgment of other people as well. And if you go back to the kind of you know our our favorite choice theory piece, and there's a guy called Guy Finley, um, who has a series of lectures called um, "The Illusion of Limitation," and he talks about this concept of. When we make, I'm writing
1: that down as well. When we
0: make a judgment on somebody, it can only come from what lives within us.
1: We're all mirrors, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So whatever we, whatever we judge, so say we say that person's really um, callous and shallow. That that can only come from what we know of ourselves.
1: and so, a really basic way, the biggest homophobes I've ever encountered normally are very uncomfortable in their own sexuality. Yeah. Because they're, I make them uncomfortable because they're, they're, not, they're not sure what's going on. Yeah. Because I have a great ass. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Confused!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look
0: at my ass as I moonwalk away
1: from you. Yeah. <laughs> so you <laughs> can't backwards moonwalk. Oh, you have to You back- can! <laughs> That's all you can do. <laughs> no, but then you'd be walking into them well, I'm trying to get away from you. <laughs> but you have to look at my ass. I've got to go this way. <laughs>
0: You've got, you got a twist in that moonwalk. Like, You've got what you came for. I'm going to walk <laughs> Here's over a there. T-shirt. t-shirt. Feedback. Feedback. Ass forward. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's... Uh, yeah, so we'll, do we will do what we put in a t-shirt we'll say either delete from me. Oh, delete from me. Delete for everyone. Delete for
1: everyone. Yeah, no, no. Delete from, you want delete for everyone. Yeah, but but
0: press delete from me. me.
1: <laughs> and then and then when you know they've all seen it you just fucking delete from me because you just can't bear to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to say What's here. the worst message you've sent to the wrong person?
0: Oh, it was that, it was that person. That I was talking about, and I. Went, what, did,
1: what was the message?
0: Oh, it was like. Oh, and I pulled people in, and Brendan said this, and Sonia's fed up with this. Like, and dates, <laughs> and times, and horoscope signs, and like really pinpointing. And then you send it to them. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. I'm already going to get texts in a few minutes. And I had to put out these words. So I was like, well, it's there. I've done it now. Somebody once sent me, I, me I a text anymore. which was. Like oh my god, a rant and a half to their husband about everything that was wrong with them. (laughs) (laughs) Sent it to me.
1: Uh huh. You know, you know, my one was I was on a date. Remember I told you with with the doctor. With the doctor, and he, we met at a party on the Sunday night, and the Wednesday night we met, and and he was sitting at the table in the restaurant. I was five minutes late, first of all, and he was a doctor and uh, when I walked in the owner of the restaurant said oh Brendan I didn't realise it was you and moved us to a better table which don't ever do that because it's really embarrassing because then he, he was like his ego was dinted straight away going oh see so you come in we get a better table it wasn't even a better table just that he, the, the owner wanted everybody to see the gaze on the table and we're sitting there and he got the hump yeah, straight see away
0: see the gay with the great ass there
1: you go <laughs> Uh, the owner yeah. got the, the off he went and he, I see he got the hump and he was just straight away rude and arrogant and uh, my sister had given me a lift in and said text me let me know how the day's going so he went to the toilet and I text Dick and his phone went beep beep I was like <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to get to his phone <laughs> and he came back from the toilet right he just looked at the phone and looked at me like that and I just went you want some? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. It's sex. <laughs> it's a sex. It's a sex. Are you sex. Oh, I'm so horny. <laughs> <laughs> he knew. He knew. Oh, I'm the worst. <laughs>
0: I didn't look at the hand of